Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon with Brandon Wound Pickups. Hey, everybody. It's me, Todd Novak. Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to death that you are listening to our show tonight because holy moly, it's going to be a good one. We have with us three guests. This is the first. Three amigos. Three amigos have three amigos, three other amigos on the line. And uh, we're going to cover something that has crossed our microphones and airwaves many, many, many times. This subject of the Line 6 HX Stomp. We are going to go in detail with these gentlemen. Uh, Gentleman number one, who are you? Just shout it out. Who cares? Whoever's first. I'm Ben. I guess I'll go alphabetical order. My name's Ben Adrian. I uh, I make Helix stuff, and I'm a former indie rocker from Indianapolis. Excellent. And how about next? Uh, Eric Klein. Um, I'm a product designer, and I also do the Helix stuff. Excellent. And third... And I last. Am, <laughs> I'm Jeff Schroeder. I play guitar in a band called The Smashing Pumpkins and another <laughs> band called Night Dreamer. And I, and uh, during the course of the pandemic, a bunch of other crazy things too. So um, yeah, you've yeah. been busy. And I've been here on this show a couple times. So. Yeah. Happy to be back. Yes. Glad to have I, you. I was, feeling, I was feeling left out. <laughs> well, it's been a few days. I wonder when I'll get another call from the... <laughs> yeah, totally. Cool. Well, uh, as I just mentioned, these are the gentlemen behind the HX Stomp. Um, and I don't mean shiny sales guys or something. It's like, these are the guys that like actually oh. put this together and, and created it. So no, we are not sales guys. No, decidedly so. <laughs> yeah, we love our sales guys, but no. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're literally going to get the HX stomp from the horses' mouth, and uh, also find out what a worldwide, internationally known rocker uh, likes so much about it as well. Uh, that's Tony. In Thank case you. anybody Thank was wondering, much. I did like it. <laughs> like it a lot. Uh, so um, we just got a few things to get to, uh, take care of here. Uh, so I've uh, got a few people to thank. Road Mikes, thank you so much for supplying this amazing equipment that we are recording the podcast on the Roadcaster Pro mm. and the Procaster Mic. And uh, and the articulating arms. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Here we go. And uh, it is great also to see Tony and Jared. So thank you guys for being back in the studio. This is the first time we've been all three in this studio for, for months. Months. And uh, we said this is one that we all need to be here for yep. because there's no way I'm going to manage <laughs> six people <laughs> on a on an internet call. <laughs> yeah. Probably smart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I also needed to bring up, so the cat's out of the bag. If you've been listening to the show and watching us on Instagram for a little while, and I'll talk about this a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, in, in, as we move along, but I wanted to share this. Uh, this is a note from one of our grand poobahs, ah, our poobahs fez, uh, fez supporters on Patreon. This is from Steve Keys. Happy Thursday to you, gentlemen. I wanted to drop you a line and thank you truly for this fantastic, fuzzalicious Fez pedal. I received it yesterday after having one of those days at work, and I mentioned it, this in my in my latest posts. 
But that gift really made my day. I plugged that pedal in and at once my started playing my Les Paul with my P90s. The sound I got right away gave me goosebumps. What an awesome versatile pedal of which I can't wait to really turn up and go. Thank you for all your hard work and dedication to this already super, I'm running out of adjectives, he says, <laughs> uh, guitar community and for taking such great care of your patrons. I'm honored to be a part of this community. Yay. Have a uh, take care and have a great rest of your week. So that was, so, so Todd, what is this pedal well, I'll talk, of which I'll, he wait, speaks? Wait, wait, hang on. We'll get to that. Oh, well, we'll sorry. get to that. I okay. just wanted to share that nice note. We get n- nice notes there occasionally. We get hmm. some not nice notes occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> One or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, we are going to dive into what is going on in our music world this week. Tony's going to lead us off. Then we're going to go uh, in the order we introduced Ben then Eric and Jeff, and then we'll circle back with Jared and I. All right. That's good. Tony? Well, you know, you know me. I love a good bargain. <laughs> and um, I, I like musicians' friends' stupid deal of the days. <laughs> you yes. do, man. I, I've, I've, I've got some really cool stuff for not a whole lot of money. Well, yeah. this past week, they had uh, a Wampler Reflection reverb pedal on. Mm-hmm. And they're normally about $199. They had it, the crazy deal of the day for 90 About isn't around. That's not okay. an approximate number. It's that's $199.99. Number. About $200. Okay. Just shy of it by a penny. And um, they had them as the crazy deal of the day for $99. But it gets better because I had some, uh, what do they call it? Rewards credit kind of yeah. thing. So I ended up getting a really cool uh, pedal for yeah, hair over $50. That's fantastic. You're kidding me. And it is honestly one of the nicest digital um, reverb pedals that I've that I've messed with. I, I I might go so far as to say I like it better than the Dr. Z uh, tube reverb head that I just bought. <laughs> Only yeah. because, and, and let me just <laughs> that explain. That is cool, though. Uh, it's, it's cool. It looks cool. And, no, I but, mean the Z head. Yeah, the Z head. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But what's cool about the Wampler pedal is it's got uh, a little switchy on it that allows you to go from spring to plate. That's uh, nice. Spring would be, you know, what you typically would have in a in an onboard amp reverb. I can see Eric and fender. Ben chewing their face off, going, "Oh yeah, we'll get some weak guys for weak." And then the plate side of it is more like a hall reverb. You know, it's what you would have a studio reverb. Right. And it's just got some really cool features. Super easy to use, and it sounds good. And for under fifty or around fifty bucks, well, I'm, I'm super under fifty super, for you. <laughs> yeah, but for you know, even at a hundred bucks, I think it's it's a it's yeah, a or Deal. Or two. Or at two. According you know. to what... <laughs> no wonder those places <laughs> you are, are going bankrupt. really get, not representing the cost of this pedal very well, my friend. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so there you have it. Okay. That was that was my thing. I had some fun playing with this. I'm going to give it to Todd. Hey, all right. And he's going to do right. one of his one-minute wonder thingies. Yeah, a little demo for the, and, uh, for uh, the internet. So that was my week. Cool. Excellent. Uh, ben, how about yourself? Well, I feel like I'm kind of been up to my neck in gear as it's the day job, but I actually did get something crazy this week, semi-gear related. I got a pair of extremely budget wireless earbuds. Ooh. And, you know, I thought I'll get something for 25 bucks off the, the big A and um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. 
And if I one falls out of my ear while I'm riding my bike, I won't care. <laughs> and I've been really surprised by how, how good they are. There's a company called Tozo. I mean, it's totally like, you know, Chinese made, only sell on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, uh, I just thought they were going to be some BS thing, but they're, they're surprisingly okay. It's a, I'll give it a, a lukewarm positive. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly okay. okay. Wow, that's... With a lukewarm positive. I mean, yeah. that's going out on a limb. I, I, I feel like when my band's been on tour, it's like if a band is surprisingly okay, yeah. that was a good night. Another yeah. 25 bucks, I'd take surprisingly okay all day. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does that include the earwigs that they put inside there? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, it's going to be with like the scene from Wrath of Khan soon where... Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, how about let's hear from Eric. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I haven't bought gear in years. Well, you I don't think. have to buy gear. It can be anything. Yes. Yeah, uh, so, so I've been, I've been neck deep in black metal and sledge gaze for the oh last my. couple of years. <laughs> oh my God. And, and like in the nineties, I was so big into shoegaze. I just totally missed here. it. <laughs> yeah. And a, and a, and a buddy, a buddy sent me a, a link to his, he, he does like a, a shoegaze podcast and like, all right. So I was, I was listening to it and I discovered all this great shoegaze stuff that I just wasn't on my radar for the better part of a decade. So now I'm just like absorbing as much as I possibly can. And I didn't even know that there's this big shoegaze, you know, uh, Undercurrent. Got, yeah, it's, it's, it's massive now. It's like a big thing now. I'm like, Oh, cool. Maybe, Maybe my band will do something. We'll know. So yeah, it's cool. Some of my shoegaze friends like got flown to Peru to play like festivals there yeah. years back. It's like Peru shoegaze, crazy huh. <laughs> Peru gaze. The, the country, or not Sheru. the city. <laughs> I don't know. Bona, you know Bona it, Sheru. Yeah, it's what, what's interesting about that is yeah, that had its you know I guess its heyday you could call, but. I mean, there there were a lot of people that were extremely dedicated to that. Mm. Jeff was in that pretty happy, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> what? But yeah. then you know, then things move on. But that that doesn't mean every, all of that stops. So you can imagine like this just rumbling undercurrent is like it's gonna sprout up again and it's gonna do it big. Yeah, yeah. So so all week is it's been slow crush Levada and I I don't know where nowhere was but I guess they have like eight albums and like oh I need to catch up now so <laughs> nowhere was always there yes <laughs> I think that's that's a, that's a uh, a name that they must have got their name for I think that's a ride album yeah like oh yeah first, yeah first ride album right yeah yep. so yep. that's always a good sign when they have a name that's taken from like a classic track yeah. yeah. In our album. <laughs> exactly. I actually, um, in 97, my shoegazy band played a festival in Columbus, Ohio. No okay. kidding. Enough. What yeah. was it called? The festival was... Oh, no, God, your band. It's called the Sunflower Conspiracy. <clears throat> and uh, we played with a band called Schematic, and we played with a band called Mahogany out there, and there was... Um, do you remember a few more. what club it was Andromeda at? was a band, a local Columbus band I played with a couple times. Wow. Do you remember? It was at like some warehouse space. Mm. I wonder if so not an official venue. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds like a heck of a good time though. It was great. I have a I have a history with Columbus. It's pretty uh pretty fun. Nice. Well, next time you're out in Columbus, any of you, please hang out. Um, actually, uh, f- we're about to go to Jeff, but I wanted to mention on our last podcast uh, that we that we just uh it was no. It was the one with Corey Niger. We posted them. We we were having a laugh with Jared because um, last time Jeff was here, 
we went out oh. to you know to dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and yeah, Jared I thought it was really cool Wagyu steak. Yeah. But it, and I was like afraid that he didn't realize it was a hundred dollars. And you know, he's like, <laughs> so we made a good joke. Of and it. secondly, that it was yeah. the size of two plates. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, man. I it doesn't matter who I'm with. I I still get I still get the best steak on the menu. I I still love a good steak. Yeah. Excellent. I don't know. Well, Jeff, how about you? What's going on in your music world? Um, well, in the middle of, well, just kind of starting in earnest, another Smashing Pumpkins record where like tracking guitar stuff for real. And so that's um, kind of, that's a few days a week, like all day, every day. Man, um, not, not all day, out. every day, but like, like, like two days, three days a week um, trying to, because we were obviously working remotely and so like we have the, the basically the drums are done for real and so then it's like billy has a, you know we'll do his thing for a couple of days mm-hmm. and then he sends it out how are you guys sharing file i mean i can imagine you probably have a better way of sharing it than maybe a lot of people who are just you know doing no, little bands but no no we didn't you no we just you know basically you have to just stem stuff out and then you know i go and then just you know we open up whatever pro tool session and just add our parts and then send that back. So it's just okay. like what everybody does. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, as my friend calls it eight digit phone number for, you know, like the, for the big, you know, where you're like, we have access. There's this thing that, that the pros get to use. No, we're right. just, you a know, black suburban it. doesn't show up in front of your house with a suitcase. Yeah. With, with no, they, you know, they drive a mobile recording truck back and forth. So that, and then, um, actually, and then I'm, I'm just been, you know, it's the fun thing about being back in LA is that I get, even though I'm not going out and hanging out with people really, it, it, but it's just for something to do with being back is, is I get to do all these like fun, like kind of songwriting recording sessions. So, um, worked on two songs this week with, um, um, a, someone from the band diamonds, which is like a kind of a hard rock, heavy metal band from Toronto. So that's really fun for me to kind of delve into that. So, nice. you know, get to do, get to do a lot of, a lot of different things. And then also, you know, speaking of shoegaze, my old shoegaze band, the Lassie foundation, we just started, um, re-releasing our, our catalog on, um, streaming services because, um, being as it was from the nineties, we released all our records on a smattering of like now defunct indie labels that don't exist. And, and so we had to get, so weird people had been putting our stuff up. So we had to like been hard time, like getting stuff taken down. And then we took all the masters and like started remastering everything. And so we're like, basically we just put up our first EP, um, like about a week and a half ago. And now we're starting to get our first album up. So that was, that was really hard because some crazy label, you know, that doesn't exist anymore, sold all our catalog to some other company who claimed they had the rights, but then, I mean, it's just crazy stuff, you know? So is um, there, is there ever not some story behind some great record like and, that. and it's like who cares for these records that made no money yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean and are gonna make no money so we're just like we just want to have it for like the people that are into it so they can stream it and you know be you know we can be with the times but that's been really fun so and I, I think like you guys said I think that there's been a a it seems like it gets 
like time has been good in that it it's getting bigger and bigger without having to do anything. So we're happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm hoping a lot of music makes its way back. Cause I think unfortunately a lot out there is not so great and uh, needs some better stuff. Um, yep. So uh, let's see, Jared, how about yourself? Oh, sure. Uh, so I want to continue on from, I want to continue on from last week's, uh, guitar or guitar of the week, uh, guitar, whatever of the week. And, uh, I was at the guitar show. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Guitar thing of the week. Guitar thing of the week. Yeah. yeah okay. Your, your music world. Yeah. yeah. Music world. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just coming off of being sick from the second shot. Oh uh, yeah. So that, that really sucks. So I'm sorry if you I'm got to watch that tequila, man. Yeah. Right. Sorry if I'm not all here tonight, but <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I got a couple of these really nice uh, guitar straps from this guitar show I was at. And uh, just wanted to mention this lady's name. Uh, her business is Tremolo leather company and uh, it's gear for your gear. It's really, really nice handmade uh, guitar straps and uh, they're really beautiful. Yeah, they're really nice, nice material. Yeah, it's it's got you know how uh, it, it's instead like of the belt vinyl, material on yeah, the inside, instead of vinyl, nice. yeah, instead of vinyl, it's got this nice seatbelt material in the back of it. Yeah, so you know it's not gonna, you know, the edges You're not won't gonna go cut through yet. any car windows with that thing on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, it's not gonna. Your strap is it gonna stick to your velvet shirt? <laughs> right. just, or right. your or your burgundy velvet sport coat, yeah. which is coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The design, she she has dress designs and she said she used all sorts of different designs it's not the same old strap designs you see so yeah i don't know i that's I cool think that she did a great and she's uh her family's from catawba which is um where near where i'm from so huh. so we had a lot in it common a, to talk it is about a small world isn't it, it is a small world. yeah so that yeah, was so. really the i think one of the first guitar shows the indianapolis or Indiana Guitar Show, uh, back on the back on the books. Yeah, it was it was pretty successful for me. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. not sure about other guys. I I think I heard some guys did super well and some guys just didn't. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was brave going out there at this point of the pandemic. Yeah, but uh, I I felt good about it. I haven't had any adverse effects from it. So no. well, and you got your second shot now. So yay. All right on. Uh, for me, how about you, Todd? Uh, thank you, Tony. Um, I had quite a week because I spent a lot of time with our local postman. Oh, and uh, who <laughs> saw me coming in with? Are you training quite, training for a new job? Quite a lot of boxes, <laughs> little and white that, boxes. Uh, I think I scared him a little bit, but oh. uh, he he's actually a, a really good musician. Huh. Um, and. Uh, uh, yeah, I catch him out. Uh, like sometimes I'll park and he's out on the dock playing. He's playing like Spanish classical stuff. Oh, cool. He's, he's I think he's a, he's like a bongo or Congo player guy. I can't remember which one it is, but anyways, that has nothing to do with the packages. The, so the email that, uh, that, uh, I shared from Steve keys, uh, the cat is out of the bag. We did, you know, I made the announcement on, on, uh, Instagram that we were, uh, we had something brewing for quite a long time. And wanted to share it with our what we call grand poobah uh, level supporters. Uh, these these people who have uh, just are supporting us at a, at a at a fantastic level, and we are so grateful to them. And we sent them out something called the Fez, the and fez. that is a hand flocked 
pedal based on a, uh, a, a modified tone bender circuit. So when you say hand flocked, what exactly do you mean? Todd? That literally means like I, I hand, well, flocking, it's like, it's like kind of like suede mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's hard. I'm trying to think of what is, what you can still get these days that is, that are flocked. Flocking was really, was kind of like a weird thing in the seventies and late sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just feels like there's fabric, like, like, uh, velvet. It, it's, it's almost a little bit more like velvet. Yeah. It feels like a, a fez. Like velvety man. and suede. And the it's whole, the whole velvet the, heavy show today. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the name is based off of the fez hat that we send, uh, our grand poobah level supporters on Patreon. And, um, so I'm really, it's been a, a real effort of, excitement and love and a lot of work i have well, even without the hand flocking this is a damn fine sounding pedal it really is it's an extremely versatile pedal too you wouldn't think of it. it's like a two knob pedal that has more range than a lot of pedals that i know that have many more knobs mm-hmm. now is this something that you guys are making yourself too yes uh, the circuit we worked uh, with um effects layouts um early on and and got a circuit together and then i mean i Hand drilled, painted, flocked, put everything, all the boards, the wiring, everything together. So um, it's really exciting because I've, wow. I, you know, I've been on this side of the the table doing all this stuff, like interviewing and, and all the time going, geez, I wish I, I would want to make a pedal. And uh, one went I out make that a pedal uh, too. I'm really, really proud of. And Tony and Jared are, have been involved in it. And um, uh, it's, it's just a great way to reward everybody. So beyond the, the Patreon grand poobahs for probably working out, uh, a, a, another very small run that we're going to extend to, um, some of the executive producers, as many as we have left. And then, uh, who knows, maybe we'll do, uh, a not a, a slightly different kind of run after that. We'll see more to come on that. Um, anyways, all that being said, Tony and Jared, what is one of our favorite things on the show? Besides, besides me, besides you, um, would that be something that involves naming of four must-have pedals? Jared, what's your thing? My thing? Yeah. How about? How about some of this? There we go. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Ben, Adrian, line six. Yes. Give us your four on the floor. One all at right. a time. Tell us all the dirty details. Okay, they'll get. I'll, if I get too far, you can pull me back. This is uh, it's this is mostly friends on the floor. I wanted to make this special. <laughs> um, so nice. these are almost all pedals from people that uh, are like pals of mine now. Um, the first one is the um, Earthquaker. I'm already, I'm already jealous. I'm already <laughs> jealous. <laughs> the Earthquaker devices disaster transport. I used to always need a dm2 delay and mine started getting weird so i'm like well what can i get that will i can put on the floor take to venues and beat up and it sounds pretty good and that was the earthquaker disaster transport and i actually bought it from them directly at a pedal show many years ago and i asked them are you in those pedal companies from portland They're like no we're from kent ohio i'm like oh my my uh, kind of noise rock band played Kent, Ohio in like 1996 at a house. And like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's crazy house is a jolly green giant out front. And the guy, Jamie, who owns Earthquake, is like, that was my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I played with his band 
at a basement show in his house. So uh, I was like, holy, holy cow. So we've, uh, we've been friends, you know, not like great buds, but you know, we've been acquaintances ever since say hi to each other, at all the trade shows and nice. And I like being able to use his stuff. You know, um, the, there was a ride called D- disaster transport at Cedar point. I yeah. That's probably they what it's for. I yeah. wonder if that had anything to do with it. At I, 100%. It's not there anymore, but. Oh no. But when you grow up going to Midwestern amusement parks, you know, you have like, you have the beast, you're going to have the disaster transport, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. The second is the euthymia crucible fuzz, uh, made by a guy named Eric in Alameda, California the company is called euthymia, but it starts with an E E U Y T A something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fuzz face. It's based on the, the BC one Oh eight, uh, like seventies fuzz faces that are kind of higher gain. And you know, I'm a pedal nerd. I built my own pedals for a while and, and I started messing with the fuzz face circuit and you know, it's two transistors, two knobs and like six capacitors and resistors. It's there's nothing there, which means every change you make is huge. Um, and you can just tweak with it for hours on end. Um, and I got sick of just messing around with my own circuits, swapping out resistors and transistors and stuff. So I just like, Hey, I know my friend makes a good one. I'm just going to buy it and I won't want to change it because that's his version and I don't want to mess with his stuff. So it's been one of my favorite fuzz pedals and mainly because I don't want to go in there and screw with it. Um, so that's the, you the Silicon, you find me a crucible fuzz. Um, sounds pretty cool. It's very cool. Uh, I don't know if he makes them anymore, but he also makes the ICBM pedal, which made it into one of the most recent uh, Helix updates, which is an op amp big muff nice. uh, that he's started doing uh, in the early 2000s. Excellent. Um, third one is even more cheating. Uh, I used to have a small pedal company just called Ben Adrian Audio, and I made a pedal called the KWB for my friends in a band called Kowloon Walled City. Um, and the reason... so. My buddy Scott had this distortion plus. He's like, this distortion plus sounds amazing, better than the other ones. I have no idea what's up and I have a small pile of them. So he brought them over to my house and we checked out and sure enough, one of the diodes was just totally broken in his distortion plus that he loved. So it was only clipping half the waveform, totally asymmetrical, just gnarly, super loud distortion. So I'm like, okay, I'll build you a pedal that, replicates the brokenness. So I built a pedal called the KWB. His band started using it. They kind of got underground famous. And so a bunch of people wanted them right as I started working at line six and couldn't make them anymore. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, So my, my, I always told my friend Scott, he's a recording engineer and they also like, you know, work used to work for Adobe and is pretty, he's a pretty big nerd. I'm like, you can figure out this circuit stuff. It's really not that hard, especially for distortion pedals. Come on. And so he started building his version of my pedal. That was a version of his pedal. <laughs> so he sent me one <laughs> and I've been using it a lot now. It's just kind of like a, this dirty, nasty booster based on an MXR distortion plus based on my pedal. And it, it's, but it's like, it's very, but it's called the KWB plus and it's, uh, made by my friend Scott Evans and it's called anti sleep audio. Um, so that's, that's three cool name. Yeah. Anti that's what his studio is called. Recording studio is called as well in Oakland, apt. California. Very apt. And, um, so that's three out of four, four. I'm breaking from it. Four was the first multi effects processor I got. That was my entire rig when I was in a band in the nineties where I wanted basically just to rip off slow dive and the Cocteau twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Digitech Valve Effects. 
uh, chrome front panel. And I had that going into a power amp going into two 212 cabinets. And that was my entire rig. But the Digitech valve effects, uh, I guess you don't really put it on the floor, but I don't care. Um, is uh, that made me realize, hey, rack gear can be okay. Multi effects can be okay. This is this is a lot of fun. Maybe I should do this more. And then uh, now I am. That and that's my four. Rad. Yeah. Excellent. That, that's very good for. I appreciate you sharing those very good for. And I guarantee there's quite a few people, uh, including the people in <laughs> on this side <laughs> of the fence. They're like, well, we haven't heard of most of that. So that's great. Yes. I can send you pictures if you like. I love that. That'd be fantastic. Oh, awesome. Uh, Eric, let's hear from you. I, uh, my, mine are totally different. Um, the, the, it would be really first, weird if they were the same. Well, okay. yeah. Well, he, he's, I, I do have an earthquaker in there, so we have that in common. Um, so first one's probably the ZVEX fuzz factory. I was working at rainbow guitars in Tucson. I would take just, I would take pedals home at night just to, like mess around with them. I'm like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. And then I got the, the fuzz factory at home and I started playing the self when it started self oscillating you know, where you could actually control the pitch mm-hmm. with the knob. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And it was sort of the, the first aha moment where I realized, you know, when people talk about how pedals have personality, you know, they don't, they're not necessarily talking about a vibe or a character. They're actually talking about like the personality of like an evil X <laughs> or, <laughs> right. or somebody who's passive aggressive. Like it, it had, it was angry and, and, uh, unpredictable. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is really interesting and cool. And, it was the first, it was the first time a pedal made me think, okay, this is, um, I'm not going to find this in a plugin. You know, I really need right. to, you know, embrace, you know, pedals as well. And so, uh, that really got me into pedals. And I, th- I think Zvex wasn't, they were probably one of the oh, first of, yeah, companies were, that did yeah. all the hand painted, yep. uh, enclosures and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they were really exactly. cool. No, yeah, was, no, I love it. And then, uh, for number two, I picked the after niche the earthquaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was in, uh, I, I know you said we couldn't pick our own pedals, wholly <laughs> appropriate, but, uh, but the afterneath reminded me of our own DL four in that you can actually play with the knobs and make entire ambient pieces with it mm-hmm. where, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to make these chords into a looper and I'm going to start playing with the afterneath knobs and just build these swells and change the pitch. And it, it, yeah, you can it really was, go crazy on that. Yeah, it, it's one of the few pedals that that would generate songs. Mm-hmm. That would like inspire you to write a new song and that sort of thing. Um, uh, the last two are totally cheating, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Empress Empress Zoya. Oh it's, yeah, okay. It's just insane, and the the fact that it exists at all is amazing to me. Uh, I saw it two couple. When did they? Was it two Nams ago that they announced yep. it? Yep. And, and it's, it's so much fun and they keep coming out with new toys for it. And it's, it's really almost like a, like a helix with colored buttons on it in, <laughs> in a way, you know, cause you, there's so many things you can do and you can build things from scratch and this is modular synth and yeah. uh, a modular effects and, and it, and it's also extremely forgiving, which is bizarre. Cause I keep trying to break it and make sounds that should, it shouldn't, that shouldn't sound cool. And they still do. Yes. That's, uh, this is where you and I stand on different sides of the street, my friend. <laughs> they, uh, we, we were talking with them at the, at the show and, uh, they sent, they sent us one while it was still in beta 
And um, we did a lot of head I, scratching. I just, I sort of like bowed my head, raised my hands back up, and I said, You may have this back. Thank you so much. It was thoughtful and kind. I have no clue what to do with this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a beast. Well, the, the, my fourth panel doesn't, isn't, uh, is along the same lines, and that's the, uh, the Roger Lynn Adrenaline 2. Um, that was another one that just generated just tons of tracks Mm. in the, and we, you know, when I used to crank out music library music, um, when I was in Arizona and then early when I moved to LA and, and so it was from conception to final mix, get home from work, start at six o'clock. And by midnight, I have to upload a brand new track, fully mixed, fully written, produced everything. And so the adrenaline helped a lot there. Wow. That's Um, cool. Just from generating something and like, all right, I'm going to mess with, Oh, that's kind of cool load that in, run it through some plugins. All right. Now I'm going to chop up my guitar and I get calls from people like, what synth is that? It's an adrenaline too. It's guitar. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, that's actually, I'm sure Jeff's going to grace us with some, uh, very uh, things along those lines. I would imagine, uh, Jeff, how about yourself? No, I, I actually, I, you know, I, um, this is not a plug for, you know, um, my friends over at, at line six, but, you know, because I, I'm so immersed in that helix world that I actually don't buy as many pedals as I used to anymore. And the pedals that I tend to buy are more distortion overdrive, you know, um, types of things because any type of crazy modulation effects and stuff, I just tend to use, um, helix for but um but that being said i have on my i have a i built a little board here um to play with because i have all these pedals and i'm like oh i'd like to actually just play through those so my favorites right now are um it's kind of a pair because they kind of go well together so it's um the catlin bread dirty little secret which is the red edition which is a slightly hotter kind of marshall um type of thing type of marshall in a box and it's really quite good um so i use that and um i pair that with the now um not made anymore apparently fender ingve malmstein overdrive mm. um, <laughs> yeah so that is like a really good does it um, come with a dozen donuts I, I, no i don't need that. i i live <laughs> unfortunately i live like i can i can walk from this room and be at a Winchell's donuts in less than 30 oh, seconds from, from it's like, it's, it's, it's not really not fair. So I have my own issues with that. No, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm referring to the Pantera, uh, documentary where, uh, they were opening for Ingve, and one of the tricks that they played, they had, a, a, they delivered a bunch of donuts to Ingve's. um, hotel room because at the time I think he might have been little, oh putting on thick. putting putting on a few pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. But that, you know, the overdrive is is really quite good and it and and um that pairing um with a Marshall type of thing with that they it, it really gets you in, into that world and it's like it's really quite good. And and that and then I also have been really into the Walrus audio slow reverb. Um, and I'm sure that's, that's kind of a big one. I feel like a lot of people have that. And it's, it's just one of those ones that does all these really beautiful, um, kind of modulated type of reverbs. And so for your, definitely for the shoegaze thing, it's really, it's really great. Um, I really love that. I use that, um, been having some fun with that. 
And um, I'm trying to think because I have, oh, and for my fourth, because to be part of the in crowd, I <laughs> will, I will, I have been using actually for recording, recording a lot, an Earthquaker pedal as well. And it's the Data Corrupter, oh, yeah. which is, I'm, I'm yeah. Yeah, it's killer. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, um, and it's pretty cool because I end up usually going DI with it. I don't even end up using the amp and will just record DI and then obviously put a bunch of plug-in, like a lot of actually a lot of Helix stuff or, you know, the native plug-in or whatnot. And you can really get some pretty awesome type of things with that. And it's really, I love pedals like that where you can, um, you have to react to what it's giving you. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really like that, a really nice symbiotic relationship between like it, you know, you, you play and then it gives you something back. And so in real time you can kind of get some fun stuff going. So I really was re- been very impressed with them. Um, I was recently just introduced to it. Um, my friend Josiah who, um, runs the cave studio in Silver Lake, um, had it and he was like, dude, you got to check this out. And I fell in love with it. That's cool. Well, you know, and one of the things uh, that people may not, may not know, well, you've been on plenty of times, so maybe they, maybe everybody, this is common knowledge, but um, you are a quite a versatile player and not necessarily in the sense of like, oh, I can play jazz or I can, it's like your actual like soundscape that you play in, I think is very versatile, regardless of the style of music. Yeah, yeah. I tend to um like just to do my normal thing, I need to have like this I need to have like a, a pretty strong set of tools yeah. <laughs> to yeah, to do it. Yeah. Well, I appreciate all of my, I wasn't expecting any four on the floor. We got 12 on the floor. 12 on the floor. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Wow. Driving a big old noisy. truck. Yeah, I'm we glad I got- stopped doing the blog post for that because that would have taken me a <laughs> week and a half to do. We got into, we even got a little rat gear in there. Yeah. Which is, which is <laughs> yeah. I, you know, which, you know, that's that was a big part of that early shoegaze sound. I think that's, that's a big part of it. And well, what was the Zoom 9001, the little half rack that everybody used, like half string yeah. and Allison's Halo and I think Nails, Nine Inch Nails used it too. Yeah. There wasn't that much around, you know what I mean, at the time, you know. Yeah, so. if you wanted to get like that super like, oh, I'm I'm swimming in the multiverse kind of thing, you had to like have an Alesis unit on top of your combo amp or <laughs> like the Yamaha FX500. We always had a joke like, oh, you're swimming in Lake Alesis now. <laughs> <laughs> I had a Quadroverb GT, yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a Quadroverb as well. And the um, uh, Rocktron and Telefex had actually very beautiful deep, long reverbs as well. Nice. Yeah. Everything had very um, purposeful names. <laughs> Lexicron. <laughs> <Rectron laughs> Intellifex. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, speaking of awesomeness and all of the wonders that, uh, the wonderful sounds that we can get. Yeah, why are these guys on today? I don't know. <laughs> um, as we mentioned it, these, well, two of these three, Eric and Ben, are uh, two of the the pillars behind the Line 6 HX Stomp. And, uh, you know, we've had, this has been mentioned so many times. Actually, Jeff was the first person that that brought it up on the show. 
in his maybe the second four in the book. <laughs> I can't remember which one. Um, and he got us to really turned on about it. And then um, his guitar tech, uh, uh, Drew Foppy, was like, ah, HX effects. And I'm uh, sorry, not the, no, he brought, he did HX effects and the stomp. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking about the stomp. So everybody started, you know, just, we started to get a lot of talk about it. Now, that in itself in the guitar community is not unusual or special because this is a huge contribution to our music world. But specifically on this show, where we've really focused on boutique builders and people who are sort of like really nuts about um, pedals, mostly analog, a lot of digital, all that stuff, um, you know, uh, small luthiers and stuff. This was something that there was an interest in, a great interest in, but not a lot of under, seemingly not a lot of understanding. So we got you need to have a show about this. You need to have a show about this. And um, then we actually did one about playing in your home and not getting kicked out. Oh yeah, uh, you know during the yeah. pandemic is like, hey, how do we keep rocking without you know hitting the pavement? And um, this was one of the things that we that we offered up as a solution to that. So at this point I said, well, we just got to reach out to him and see if we can get him on the show. I really didn't know if that was going to be possible. I noticed that Jeff uh, had posted on his Instagram that he had done an article uh, talking about uh, line six. And I said, you know what? I'm going to talk to Jeff and I'm see if he can get us hooked up. And lo and behold, it somehow got through our pearly gates and you know, over the <laughs> yeah. moat. And totally. I had to really work hard. I had to really put myself on the line. To make this <laughs> One of the things that I, I like, I always go on podcasts. I've been on a few and I, I try to, you know, if anyone wants to talk about it, I always want to talk. And, you know, you mentioned like everyone that shows into boutique year. Well, you know, I do the amp, amp and effect modeling and there's two other people who do amp and effect modeling. And mm-hmm. we're all people who like ran boutique pedal companies or built our own gear or did, you know, worked in a shop or did amp repair or, you know, we all have like two of us who have been, oh no, all three of us have been studio techs. Like we have been, you know, really like into gear and hands-on digging into it. So like the people who are making the models aren't like, you know, in lab coats having never heard guitar right. before. They're like people, <laughs> you know, they're like, me You're like not soulless automatons. <laughs> no, exactly. So I mean, I I we hope that the gear connects with people, even though it is you know, quote digital gear unquote. Um, I mean, it's literally digital gear. Yeah, I was going to say, what are the quotes also, for? <laughs> no quotes are necessary. There's like you know, kind of the like, oh, it's digital gear snobbery. Yeah, that you know, still exists, but you know. If you don't want to use it, don't use it. But, you know, for the most part, it can do a lot of cool stuff. And the stuff inside is actually made by people who paid attention to all the crazy crap that happened in the analog gear that you loved. And we're finding ways to recreate that crazy crap in the, yeah in this world. Well, so we got, I, I have a handful of questions for you that are more about, you know, how you got to this place with this and everything. Uh, again, not necessarily, you know, there are loads and loads of, of run-throughs and demos and here's how you do this. And even on your own channel on, uh, on YouTube, there's tons of information. So after you hear this and you ultimately go get one, which I undoubtedly you will, um, that's where you need to go to, to, to dig into like making it work for you. But I think that there's a bigger story behind this and how that can relate to uh, specifically our audience that has asked for this. Um, and I, you know, just right out of the gate, why 
the stomp? We wanted something that would fit on a pedal board. We wanted something that looked like a pedal because, I mean, it, it, it's not, there's not much that differentiates between a, you know, a digital stomp box, like, you know, like a Strymon or an Empress or a Maris and, and Ajax stomp really other than the fact that instead of putting four algorithms into one thing and mapping those parameters to five knobs with no display, we just give people access to those parameters. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we wanted it affordable enough to where if somebody really wanted to buy a couple of them, they could, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the first goal actually was we wanted something to fit in the little tiny pocket on the back of our Helix backpack. So it's like, Hey, can we wonder if we could make something that fits in here as maybe a backup or something like that. But then it just turned out it's like, no, we just really want something that vibes like a boutique stomp box for pedal boards. Cause we had been doing the whole, all right, all in one box for so long. We wanted something and, and all of our all in ones were really meant to be uh, the centerpiece of a much larger rig, which is why we have so many effects loops, which is why we have a, a really robust MIDI controller functionality in there. Mm-hmm. And, and like, well, it's kind of fun to play on the other side of the, of the road as well. So like, well, let's just make a stomp box, stomp box. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and the, the type of people that are line six aficionados, they want it to be a helix. And we've had to be pretty um, protective of the fact that it was a stomp box. Like we, we, we knew we'd probably have to add a couple extra blocks, expand it from six to eight later, but we purposely kept it really small and simple and, and scaled down to start. And we've, we made sure we didn't have the command center MIDI master controller built in at, at launch. We could have, the code was there. We purposely didn't put it in there because we wanted it to be a pedal. We wanted it to be like our kid. We wanted it to be a kid for a few years, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Eric, uh, just for uh, everybody's edification, what is your role in the, in the, the stop? I, I've kind of a dumb title. It's chief product design architect. Uh, in other companies, it's product manager, I guess. So, I like the first so one better. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds cooler on a card. Adobe <laughs> uh, buildings. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so, impressed. So Ben and uh, Igor and I are, are are the ones who aren't afraid to go on social media and talk about stuff, and so people think that we're sort of the the brainchilds behind all of this stuff. And and I guess that is sort of the case, but we have a, a pretty big team of of people, and it's and and we're always debating and and arguing and um, dreaming up cool ideas. Um, but when it came to stop, it was the the number one goal was size. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Was it uh, now? Did the stomp or the effects come out first? I'm trying to. I can't remember. Uh, effects came out first. They were supposed to come out at the same time, but uh, but stomp got laid up for some reason. I forget okay. at this point. But and for everybody's. Uh, further edification the difference between just a, in a nutshell the difference between the uh, the stomp and the effects could you explain that really quick yeah uh, effects is really sort of a like a, a modern interpretation of our m class processors so it's it's very fast it's it's one stomp per effect by default so you just tap the stomp and then turn the knobs and there it is there right. are, there's no real menu diving unless you want to mm-hmm. um because uh, we needed something because the M class, the M9, M5, M13, were getting a little long in the tooth. So right. that sort of that 
workflow. And then Stomp is is pretty similar. They have the exact same processor, but we added amps and we just made it smaller. And we decided let's put let's make the tiniest helix we could possibly make. And cabs. Yes. And cabs and yeah. IR loading. Yes. And USB audio. And yeah, it awesome. does a lot. <laughs> it certainly does. So so can you go into a little bit uh the Genesis going from something like the like a pod, which that, this is how I evaluated uh, the stomp because I I you know a hundred years ago I had one of the pod two point the little kidney shaped ones, which you know at its time I thought was a good little practice headphone kind of thing. Yeah, I mean obviously this is light years ahead, but there are some similarities. So can you kind of go you know m- explain how you went from you know that into the FX and or stomp? Uh, yeah, I mean the I I joined in twenty ten. So, so it was a good 15 years after line six had started. So, um, so it was just a few months before the pod HD 500 came out. Mm-hmm. And the first day I show up, um, it was, it's, it's really trial by fire at line six. It's pretty hardcore the first couple of months. And they're like, here, by the way, here's a, here's a, a link to a bunch of docs of every product we've ever considered making in our company's history which was really weird coming from my last gig where they, where we didn't find out about the new gear that was coming out until a week before the NAM show. <laughs> so like, I shouldn't know this stuff. Why are they letting me see this? And one of this thing, one of the things was this, um, VETA system that was from 28 or 2008. And it was going to be this crazy expensive, um, floor processor that, that was bundled with a tube amp, and you could hit foot switches and it would remotely control the actual tube topology in the amp. And it was going to be something like 2,500 bucks for the system or something ridiculous. And then the economy tanked in 20 in 2008. So they decided to shelve that. And then when we revisited it in 2011, that became helix. Um, and, and people were really, really scared in the building because when we <laughs> crunched the numbers, it was going to be 1500 bucks. And it was, so it was three times more than our, you know, our, previous flagship and a lot of the dealers were scared and and for a while we had to fight tooth and the nail to release helix at all they wanted us to scrap it and just go straight to lt and we're like no it has to have scribble strips it has to do all of these things and and we fought really hard there's actually a lot of fighting at line six it's all very <laughs> respectful but um but what's 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 what ben and i are now in a position where helix and and hx products have been successful enough to where they kind of let us go now and so if we if we get a little heated they're like okay you guys have been right in the past we'll we'll let you we call it thing. spirited so, debate spirited <laughs> debate yeah ben ben luckily doesn't have to see too much of that so ben what do you, what is your role uh within the hx um stomp so um my job title is i'm the sound design manager which um doesn't mean i do movie special effects uh it's kind of the best term they could come up with people who do modeling but i do more than modeling i you know we also create our own original effects and pretty much anything that makes a sound that has to be listened to gets run through our department um so i was never really like a coder i come from the analog world but i learned just enough of the proprietary line six software to go in and 
and build the AMP and effects models uh, because, you know, the people who do the code aren't like the crazy hardcore AMP and effects nerds. So you kind of need, you know, there are a lot of people behind the scenes like Igor and another guy named Brandon, just a bunch of people. I just, I don't want to start naming names too much or go, everyone, I'll, I'll forget someone. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they do the coding, but, you know, I'm the person who like spent hours like just reading through schematic books for fun and trying to figure out how guitar products work. So I build, you know, the, the virtual circuits for everything. Um, and pretty much I'm lucky cause anything I do now, um, can get put into pretty much any product that line six makes. So if I make an amp model, it can go into helix. It can go into uh, HX, uh, stomp. If I make a delay, it'll end up in all the helixes pod go probably HX effects, HX, you know, it's like, it's the, the software tools for modeling are hopefully product agnostic now. Can you get a PV yeah. bandit in there? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been, Thank God. We, you know, I actually, I love the bandit 65. I grew up with that amp. I was like yeah. in every basement electrocuting you. I mean, it yep. was, I, I, I have a very soft spot for, for that, you know, being a punk rocker coming out of the Midwest. It's like, you, 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 yeah. you, you shocked yourself with some PV stuff once or twice. Oh, like, easily. Yeah. In an ungrounded basement. Yeah. Um, the lip, lip on the, uh, on the microphone is always, <laughs> I made yeah. a lot of pizzas to afford my gear back in the day. Yeah. And it was one of them. Uh, Thurston Moore always used the PV Roadmaster head. That was the, Ooh, the big one. Yeah, yeah, that would that would be a fun that could be a fun thing for could all those to get you know attract that crowd. What was that thing? Two hundred watts or one hundred sixty, I believe. Yeah, I think it was a loud, it was, clean amp. It, it was, was like a monster. Six L sixes at like five hundred and fifty volts <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. It was nuts. It's like, yeah, they, yeah. They, they 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 really decided to push the limits there. Yeah, yeah. that was huge. So Jeff, um, you know, you kind of went through. You you have a little board and your and your home there and you got boards kind of all over the place wherever you need to be. You True. have access to pretty much, you know, a lot of music equipment. You were very excited and adamant about when you were talking about this, like right out of the gate, and that I think that all caused us to have pay, to really pay attention because we're like, this is somebody who's got can have you know, whatever pedal you want, boom, you know, like you can at least try it out, I'm sure. But the, uh, the idea that you were very much into this one thing that does so much really intrigued us. Can you elaborate a little bit from a, from a player's standpoint, like what really hooked you with this? Well, yeah, you know, I, when I, before I joined the Pumpkins, I had like, I don't know, seven or eight pedals. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I probably had a few more, but, mm-hmm. you know, I had like what, what, you know, what all, you know, I had like a couple rap pedals, quadriverb, you know, just, just kind of, you know, some things. And then obviously once I joined the band, I had to get like these elaborate guitar systems. And then I had access to guitar techs and rig builders. And I've had like Dave Friedman been able to build rigs for me and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so I've had it all like where, you know, I would put together this elaborate rig with the huge pedal board with the MIDI controller and switcher. So I could have all that stuff. Um, But even that, you, you know, when you, are in a band and you're, and especially at that time with the pumpkins, we would change our set list. We'd play different sets every night. And so you'd find yourself like, Oh, I need this sound. And you know, it's like, I didn't want to have to go down and like change like a, 
a level on a distortion pedal or something. You know what I mean? You would like to mm-hmm. like set it and touch and never have to touch it again. And so what ended up happening is then I started throwing the um the M series in my rigs. Mm-hmm. Once that came out, I started using the M thirteen. And then what would end up happening, I'd have these really elaborate pedal boards with the M13 at the end, and then I would just have the M13 doing 80% of the work because it was just so convenient and it sounded really great, you know, for the time. And um, so then as as things evolved um, farther down the road, when we, in 2018, when we did the this bigger pumpkins tour, we were playing three hour shows and, and really the goal was to try and recreate a lot of the, the album sounds. There's no way I could have a traditional pedal board because I would be like, I need like a phase 90 for that part, but I need MXR flanger for that part. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so I was able to basically build a rig around helix that allowed me to really recreate all this stuff quickly and um, have backups and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came to using Stomp, uh, it, it's just something that I, because I travel all the time, I'm always doing stuff, I'm recording in hotel rooms for people. I literally just keep it in my backpack. And it's awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I started using it because it's, I know, it, it's funny because even now, I know the sound so well in that that mm-hmm. I don't even, I can tell, like when I'm working at a studio and say we're using the Helix Native, which is pl- the plug-in version, I can just create sounds just by telling people what to put the parameters at and get like 95% there because I just, I'm living in it so much. So it really, it really became, you know, it's really out of use and practicality. And of course the, um, the sonic quality integrity of the programming and the sounds is, is excellent. So I, 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 I love it in that it really gives me freedom to, imagine what whatever I want and I'm not limited to what I have in front of me for the most part and what I what I love about it is it's great it's like a it I call it it's kind of like a digital archive of kind of the greatest guitar amps pedals and effects of the last I don't know how many years now Ben are we talking like 70 years or something maybe you know what I mean um but then it's also with the with the very um, technologically advanced routing abilities, you can absolutely create things that you would not be able to do with just regular pedals. And so it's more like you can insert yourself like creating signal chains that you would only be able to make like in a studio. Mm-hmm. But you can do it right there even with something like Stomp. So I, I just, I, I just, to me, it's like having that, that, that amount of flexibility is just awesome. But like even right now I have a stomp on my little pedal board that I told you about. And I just have it set up with like a chorus, a delay and a reverb that are just like in stomp mode that I just turn off and on. Like, so it's like having, you know, like a, like three pedals Mm -hmm. and it sounds great for that and a tuner and a nice tuner. You you kind of touched (laughs) on something that it, that is a great tuner by the way, Um, (laughs) not to be left out little, little tuner. Um, you mentioned something that I think is an important factor in when you're looking at something like this and you're that, that seems to be able to do everything. You're going like, there's a compromise in there somewhere. I just know it. And I mean, I think 
Obviously, this is an incredibly successful pedal. We are not introducing something brand new to anybody. This has been out for a while, but it, we're putting focus on it because of our particular community. There's not a compromise. I, I mean, it, there isn't a it's compromise, insane. especially just looking at it. They didn't compromise on the color. Look, it's it's sparkle. It's sparkly. <laughs> I love the sparkle. It's sparkles. So okay. there's there's <laughs> one idea, more. So. By the way, whose idea was that to make it metallic like this? I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. We were originally going to do two versions. We were going to do a limited edition run of 500, I think, of the black sparkle, and then put it in like a velvet pouch and do something cool to really hammer home that this is a pedal thing. <laughs> velvet right. comes and back then, again. It's <laughs> the <yeah>. velvet <laughs> show. <laughs> and we got that. We got the chassis in, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's cool." And they told us what the cost difference was, and we're like, "It's not that big a deal. Let's just make them all sparkle." Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest questions that we have for you, which probably is going to explain a lot, uh, thinking about it, like how it relates to our audience, is um, what what do you think that people don't understand and or struggle with as far as adoption of this? Oh, I'm going to hop in right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's heard this one. <laughs> so it's it, this is something. That, oh, pardon me. This is something that really bothers me, which is like. Every effect in there that that we make has a lot of detail and usually the ability to kind of get pretty chaotic and weird. And I think what is one of the most misunderstood things is that since this is a multi-effect is that most of the effects are going to be kind of safe and controlled. But mm -hmm. as a person who embraces chaos in music and effects and such, I want to put all of that in there. So I did, you know, like the model of the the uh, Roland space echo, which is called the cosmos echo. Mm -hmm. And one of the things our echo did is, you know, the tape splice comes around every 30 to 45 seconds and half the time on our old unit that I was modeling, it would get caught and you get this wild pitch shift. I'm like, that is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a knob on the cosmos echo called splice. And if you put that in at a, is that what that is? Yes. So what happens is, you know, depending on your delay time, if you're running a faster delay time, the tape moves faster. So you're going to hit the splice about every 20 uh -huh. to 30 seconds. Yeah. And if it's longer, it'll be about every 45 seconds. You get this weird, like worried because the tape splice gets caught. And that's like, <laughs> I need to build that in the effect. So in almost all of the effects, I, there's been something that me or one of the other sound designers has come up with to put in. That is like stuff people would normally think of as like, Oh, this is only going to be in a boutique level, you know, pedal or in actual, some old crazy vintage gear. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it's every single model has something in it that is like, Oh, this, this does something crazy. We have to make sure we get that crazy thing in the model. Mm. It's sort of like 2001, not 2001, you know, with the, the cavemen, they're sitting there and then all of a sudden there's this thing and they're like, Whoa, what is this thing? We don't know what to do with it. Right. <laughs> that's, and that's, that's a best metaphor. I could come up with it anyways. But, oh but you guys, you, you, we have people who salivate over these pedals and their, and their beloved board and the time that they've taken to craft it and everything. And then here's this thing that they, in the back of their heads, they're like, this would be awesome. But what do I do with it? How, am I am I cheating on my board? Hit it with a bone. <laughs> yeah, hit it with a bone, right? Um, that's a barrier. How have you dealt with that? What? Uh, I, I mean, we have a really great community that's that's really really helpful. Um, 
you know, with a lot of uh, third party forums and Facebook groups and, um, and there's a really good, you know, Reddit subreddit as well. Um, we do a lot of cheat sheets. We do a lot of how to videos that we purposely keep within two minutes. So people will actually watch them. So no mm -hmm. eight minutes of like, and subscribe. Let me tell you my life story garbage. <laughs> yes. But, yes. Mm -hmm. um, but the, what we try to do is we, and, and it's really tough to convey. You're absolutely right. It's tough to, it's tough to be in the room clearly with somebody who sees us for the first time and says, Hey, hold on. It's not, it's not that HX stop does so many things. What makes it even more difficult is that there are a million ways to approach it too. So if you might, somebody might think it's the worst pedal for somebody who's never owned a pedal before. And normally I would agree with them, except if you've, if you, if you're the, the slightest bit, uh, you know, techie, you now get to learn what your favorite pedals are because you now have 200 pedals at your disposal. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and maybe the, maybe the M five is better because it just does one thing at a time. So you don't have to use all of its capabilities and, and we purposely designed the UI. So you have to dig in for some of the deeper stuff to keep it away from some of the newbies. So they don't freak out. Well, what's this? How did I get into this mode sort of yeah, thing? Yeah. Um, so, so we try to keep everything top level. And if you want to dig in, if you want to read the manual and find something cool and new and unique and, um, then bonus, but yeah. just from a, from a learning experience, if you've never, if you don't know the difference between a fuzz or an overdrive and a distortion, a lot of beginners don't mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, Oh, I'm now I'm starting to get into this. What's a, what is this? What am I reading? Oh, I see. It's a, it's a, a silicon fuzz versus, you know, an op amp or something like that. And so you can learn to hear the little intricacies. And what we found is we end up, people will end up buying pedals that we've modeled, mm. uh, the rev the, and amps, the rev guys love the fact that they, they begged us like, Hey, could you please just name the model after the real amp? Like, absolutely. As long as you sign off on this little thing, They're like, absolutely. Yeah. And now they're our friends. So, so and, and they ended they saw a, a pretty decent uptick in sales after, after the rev showed up in one of our updates. So we want, so if anything, it's like a smorgasbord of, of different, of different pedals. And the thing is, is one effect, the one effect that isn't currently on your board that you need for that one song. Is it worth that space? I don't know, but now you're using it for one effect and it's, it's, it's probably not worth 600 bucks for one effect, but now it's six effects or now it's, you know, it, it's, well, it's that's where the whole, two, the, the multi, you know, use it as an, an individual, you know, three of sure. individual effects or the, the different modes that you can use it in is really one of the underlying things that I didn't understand and uh, about how that works. And that's, that was one of the big light bulbs things when I plugged in, I was like, Oh, this is actually three r different <laughs> multi-unit effects within one multi-unit effect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you wanted to, you could treat all six of those blocks as one big effect that you sort of build together. Yeah. Like I want a crazy modulated delay with reverb in the effects loop. You can build that and mm -hmm. then, and then just bypass it. So like yeah. almost like building your own effects pedal, except it's one pedal. Ben, do you want, or you can use it for multi effects or you can use it as a backup or you can use it as a, as a travel rig, or you can plug it into your computer and record. I mean, it's, it's, it's really flexible, but it truly is. Uh, Ben, do you have anything to add to that? 
Um, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think it's, yeah, finding, it seems to serve a different purpose for everyone. I remember when Jeff was saying about recording the, uh, the night dreamer record that like he would just travel around and just took the stomp. And that was like kind of his audio interface and like, you know, sound designing tool to get all the guitar sounds. It is night dreamer, right? I got the band name correct. I hope I did anyway, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, no, yeah, you know, that, that, that's, that's correct. That's okay. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I take it with me, like if I'm going on, you know, going out of town for the weekend or something and I might have time to play guitar, I'll just, you know, shove it in the gig bag and it's a little headphone amp that does everything. And it's been one pedal when I knew I was playing like a, a show with a band that's pretty stripped down where I just needed a distortion and a tuner. It did that. It's, it's kind of so flexible, but it can also be so in depth. So it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard. It does. It's not a thing. It's many things. And pe- we have to explain to people that it, you can use it to do one of many things, whichever you need it most for. Yeah. And the, I, the, I think one of the interesting aspects of this is when you, a lot of multi effects type things, um, there's so much time spent on having to put everything up front and say, well, anybody looking at this has to know how to use the entire thing, like at a glance and much like uh, Apple products. I mean, people were dumbfounded. Like, how do I do do this? There's one button. What am I supposed to do? But once you learn it, you're it's the simplicity of it is rather genius. That's all Eric. He, uh, back when we used to have an office, I mean, we still have an office. We just don't go there. Um, but he used to walk around with life-size printouts of like the, you know, the helix or the HX stomp or the HX effects or whatever. And he would have like three of them with buttons in different places and stuff. I'm like, okay, how would you feel about hitting this, this, this to do that? Or on this one, you would hit this, 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 and he would vote, we'd That's vote and we'd be a check mark. And they would take the printouts to the next office of someone. Okay, here are these two ones. And we'd actually do the surveys in the building with like life size color printouts of laying on the floor as if you were going to be using it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Was- HX stomp started out as uh, origami models. <laughs> oh, kind of like uh, Frank Gehry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eric like, is the Frank Gehry of that. Yeah. yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. I'll, t- I'll take it. I'll take. That's it. why he's product design architect. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, talking about how this is working, and and we've referenced uh, the the barrier factor. Maybe in you know Jeff certainly weigh in on this. Working, it's one thing to say here's the thing that can do everything, and then instantly you're like, well, I don't need to replace my whole pedal board. Um, how, tell, tell us about the, how the, how this works with a pedal board and how somebody can begin to adapt this into their normal work, uh, you know, workflow there. Um, I think, and this is something that I do be, and, and I've been using this stuff. I mean, I started using the DL4 when it came out. And so I've been kind of used to using these things, um, and the, and the kind of the language of, of that they kind of work on. But I think, you know, people, it's easy to get overwhelmed by the um, options and just the options within um, like say reverbs or delays or anything. And so I tend to just, I usually go through periods or phases where I just choose a few things and I really use them and exploit them until I get, Okay, and I want to. I need to change it up and start looking for something else. So, especially even with like the amps that are in Stomp, like just choose what you would normally choose if if you know 
if you were at a, at a store or something, you're like, okay, I want a twin or I want a Marshall or I want this. Like, it's not like you have to go through and try every one, you know, it, it's like just get kind of used to a palette, how they sound, how they interact with other things, just like you would anything else. And um, I think that's a good place to start just to kind of limit your, you know, limit the choices a bit and just start and get to know a few of the models really well. And then once you get secure in that, then start adding to other things, just like you're learning how to cook or something, you know, you're not going to cook a eight course meal, you know, just start with making like a good hamburger. Yeah. That's a, that's a really <laughs> great way to set that up. Talking uh, my language. Yeah. <laughs> Jared's like, whoa, ha- hamburger. I'm I going. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> how about you guys? Anything to add to that? I think, um, I know this is me. Just, this is just my personal speaking, my personal. Yeah. Um, but when I, when I am not in like my most creative periods, I love playing around with gear. You know, I, I have a bunch of amps. I have a bunch of pedals. I, you know, obviously have the Helix and HX stuff and I just like playing around with gear. And when, but when time comes and I actually get creative, I, I want to work kind of quickly and I end up going back to like some of the same setups. Like when I'm coming up with musical ideas and such, it's like, Oh, I need this, 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 and this. And I found that, while I play with a lot of my old vintage amps and stuff to have fun when I'm actually like, Oh, I, I got a great song idea. Like I've, of course I'm familiar with Helix and HX stuff because I was there since the beginning. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think once you kind of get a hang of it, you're in your, you know, if you're like, Oh, I got this great idea for a song. You can pick your favorite amp model. You can pick, you know, like, you know, an overdrive to put in front that you can turn up and like, Oh, I need like some, like a crazy echo part and put in a, my favorite delay. And it kind of becomes something with, you know, a little bit of just a little bit of time you can then work with really fast. And you might not even use that gear when you play, get play with your band out live. But when you're, you know, just in a creative mode, it's something that it's, it can be so fast and so easy and gets, get sounds down really quick. Mm -hmm. I really have appreciated that about actually having the, the small unit here. Eric, anything to add? Uh, I use HX stop for the most part, just to listen to Spotify during the day <laughs> because it, <laughs> so, so I have a, so I'm sitting here. So I, I have a, a home studio that I took over, you know, it's now my office, you know, in, in COVID land. And so there's a helix to the right of me. There's a HX stomp to the left of me. And that's what my headphones are plugged into. And then I have a pod go and an XL and an HX effects. And then another box that I, I can't talk about yet. And, uh, you and, almost and did though. You, you almost, almost did. Oh, <laughs> almost no, did. do not tease almost us. Did. Come on, you can talk about it. <laughs> um, we're friends here. <laughs> we're all friends, and <laughs> it's it doesn't work yet. It's just a prototype. But okay. yeah, just origami. It's gotcha. It's like no, no well, it, it, well, the one thing that it taught me is that the silver silk screen disappears against the color. So I got to We have to go with white. But yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but so I, I use it as an audio interface. It's just like a portable because it sounds better than the headphone I'll put on my laptop and uh, it's right there. And, you know, if I get a question or an email, uh, we keep all the gear on. So I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. How many, how many split types are there now? Oh, there are four. Mm. So I can just, I, so I just have the stuff ready to go. Um, but uh, some people know this, but a lot of people don't, I don't use our hardware at all. I am all native. I use plugins constantly. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I started out in pod with, uh, with, uh, amp farm in 99. Wow. And, and that I, I've, I, that has been my guitar tone forever. 
So, so not just, not just pod farm and amp farm and echo farm and now helix native, but you know, I use, you know, use all the Valhalla stuff mm-hmm. and the sound toys stuff. And that's, that's kind of my testing ritual is I have the logic to actually do my real, you know, get nitty gritty and listen to all this stuff. Cause that's sort of, that's what I'm used to is the whole studio monitor in a control room environment. Got it. I, well, I have something to add to just how to integrate it to the board because that's something that I was personally struggling with as well. Like, you, you, you know, we got the box and I was like, okay, how do I, how do I work this into my, my existing unit? Or even more so, if I'm using it by itself with some headphones, it, surely it's not going to sound exactly like my setup and that's going to throw me off. Well, I was very wrong because in i don't like maybe 10 minutes i set up and it is almost identical to the actual rig setup that i'm playing and i because i was worried because i was like well there's not gonna be a super amp in there it's like the first one i'm like what (laughs) this is perfect and i said well next in line is this next line that and i was just dumbfounded at how close it actually mimicked the the rig that i play with um, that in itself is a great way, I think, to get into this so that you're not just going like, oh, I'm bombarded by crazy effects that I may or may not ever use. No, just actually try to model what you have and you'll have a much better understanding of the intricacies of, of how to use the interface and how to, how to stack or not stack and, and then getting into the amps and cabs and stuff. I, it was r- really remarkable once you dive in, the dive in part was a hard thing because I was like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a little bit lost. And I didn't want to spend hours and hours looking at YouTube videos trying to figure it out. I kind of want to intuitively, intuitively just go, let me experience this. So I really appreciate that you have the Supro in there. <laughs> I was, that's been in there since uh, 1.0, I think, right, Ben? Yeah, I believe so. I love those little Supro amps. We have another one in, at the shop that I haven't modeled yet. So maybe, fingers crossed, I can get yeah. that in. Um, just one thing I, I, you know, I'd like to add, you know, cause like I, as I mentioned before, I really use, um, Helix across all platforms from stomp all the way to native and, uh, the translation from say using the plugin to using stomp. Um, if you have to transfer, like say like a sound that you really like that you created is, or vice versa, moving you know, something from stomp into the plugin for a recording situation is excellent. I mean, virtually like, I, I mean, I, I, to me, they, they, everything sounds virtually the same. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really like, it's a great, you know, tool to use. Like, like I said, from live all the way to recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and, and, and you're a perfect example too, Jeff, because yeah. I mean, you're jumping from studio to tour and back and forth. And so, I mean, that whole workflow is, you know, that's why we designed that whole workflow. The let's go, let's take your tones that you did in the studio, throw them in your hardware. All right, now I'm writing songs on the on the tour bus. Oh, now I'm back in the studio. Let's throw them back in. That used to take weeks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bands would hire people to recreate their album tones. Now you just drag it over, and three seconds later, it's it's in your touring rig. Yeah, and I'm not sure. You know, with the plugin guys, you know, you can set how it like the memory works. So if you have like a, you know, let's say a HX, um, or say you have a Helix, the floor unit, 
the plugin can mimic that, or it can just run off of strictly computer DSP. But I'm not, I'm not sure if it can, it, can it mimic the stomp in terms yeah. of it? Yeah, which is great. So then that kind of that flow between units is even more accurate because it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So it, it basically said, even though your computer is capable of making a billion blocks, we're going to limit you to skate because that's what the stomp can do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of nice. You can, you can turn those things on and off in the software. Yeah. It's cool. It's really great. I mean, I love that. Uh, going to be rounding third here with the interview. And I was curious after creating this, was there anything about it after it was built that like actually surprised you about it? It did sell better than we thought it might. <laughs> um, That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the I mean, I I spent a lot. You know, we we went back and forth with mechanical and electrical. I don't know how long, how many times. Like, we I think we spent close to two or three or four months doing nothing but redesigning things to make it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And um, uh, the, the, the one downside though, is we, we have so many options and we kind of have to, because how do you pick which amps to pick in, to throw in if you try to scale it down, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, you know, companies like, uh, like Strymon with their iridium, which is doing really well as well. And, uh, you know, an atomic to a certain extent, who just came out with a modeling pedal? Was it? Um, just it did. like, there's a lot of them that just came out. It just came out with an amp modeler, the AM1. Who is it? Crap. Totally escapes me. But they, they're in a, in an amazing position because when they're just starting out by amp, by modeling amp, and they have like three or four models, they can make these super simple pedals where you could just turn a dial and pick one of those things. And we're like, I wish we could do that. I want to make super simple pedals with no displays. But because we, we have this sort of, we call it technical debt internally, where because we have all of these things that we can do and because people know we can do these things, we kind of have to give it to them. Otherwise we're like, well, why didn't you give it, give us this? Yeah. So, so we're working on that too. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You can't, you can't take away what, 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 yeah. we, what we've already had. <laughs> Box is already yeah. open. Yeah. <laughs> yep. it is. Yep. And I have to say that that was, you know, amazing about when you guys added all the, the legacy effects to the HX or to to the Helix series was really great for me because there was a few that I was really attached to. So I had them all back. Oh, you guys want to scoop? We're looking at adding more stuff from the legacy (laughs) stuff too. So, wow. Ooh, excellent. Uh, Ben, anything to add about a surprise that came out of that? I mean, I've been on the internet since, you know, the nineties. Uh, I was an early adopter of like getting my bands on the page on the internet. I was expecting more hate on the internet, mm. but actually maybe I'm just in a, a, like a little bit of a, of a bubble, but the positivity of like the, the Helix users and like how people are seeing the HX, you know, stomp and are taking it. I was really surprised at how nice it was of of a reception that we got it was and it's been like a a really active and interactive community of people like trading sounds and helping each other out um and i'm it's it's actually quite awesome that's cool now jeff do you have any uh particular profiles that that you've put out there for the for the stomp 
not particularly for stomp, but I feel like most of them would work because I usually don't do crazy like like presets that have like more than eight effects. So I think anything that I've created that is out there, I've written a couple of blogs, would work on Stomp. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I know that you have a couple of them out there for different um, different levels within the entire Line 6 platform. Um, and you can, when, when we uh, actually do get to home plate, you can tell everybody where they can get that stuff. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, may I offer the floor to you for one last moment in this interview? Um, anything else that you would like our audience to know about this to further convince them if they need it? If they hate it, they can tell us and we'll probably have a conversation and see them online. So, um, yeah, the, the, the other really great thing that we're really excited about is that, um, like almost everything we release is either, uh, is either specifically asked for by our users or, um, like the rev, we see people, you know, talking about rev and metal guitar forums, like, Hey, we should check out this thing. You know, and then nine months later it pops up in an update and, and so if you, if you hate it, come and talk to us and we'll make you hate it less, I guess. <laughs> ben. Um, I mean, I just, I posted something about this on a Helix forum recently, but it's just like play the gear that you love to play and that excites you. And if it happens to be ours, that is awesome. We love it. And if it doesn't just, uh, that's fine too. Just keep playing what you love and, 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 you know, have fun with guitar. I mean, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I'm, I stand by it. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, Jeff, you, would anything you would like to add? Uh, uh, yeah, kind of along those lines. Um, I think that there's tends to be a way, uh, um, it's a matter of perspective, you know, that there's like, oh, there's all this gear that's available and all these pedals and amps and stuff that I have. And then now I have to use, I have to translate that into like this type of other gear, like something like Helix, for example. But for me, the way that it's evolved is it's, it's like an integral part of my creative process and sound. I don't look at it as like, oh, like I have to, like I, there, there are things now that I can only do with that if that makes any sense. And so to me, that's really the the beauty of it, that it's not just about emulation, that it's actually, you can use this stuff to create things that, um, that don't exist. And I, and that's what really excites me about using it the most is that you can kind of create your own basically, um, kind of sounds with the, whatever, you know, it's kind of whatever pops into your head, you can try and create it. And I, and I love that aspect of it. Mm. Well said, well said. Well, gentlemen, we uh, have a, one more big segment to do. Uh, it's not a big segment; it's a little segment. Um, we truly appreciate your thoughts, uh, uh, you know, and sharing them with us. And now we just have a f another question to ask you. And Jared, why don't you do this for us? The question is, gentlemen, would you rather this week's "Would You Rather"? You're walking down the street and you see this yard sale. Okay. Now, in this yard sale, you see some really shiny, reflective things and it catches your eye and you're like, what is that over there? So you walk over there and what you see is a, a 
mirror ball style firebird. So wait, a mirror ball yeah, style firebird. Exactly. So you're gonna yeah, they're like little one inch by one by one inch Someone little mirrors. Glued mirror ball mirror ball squares to a firebird, to a firebird okay. guitar. Yeah. Right. I hope you don't get cut. Reverse or non reverse. Uh, uh take make your reverse. pick, man. I don't know. <laughs> and then sitting beside it is a cracked mirror Ibanez Iceman. Ah. So there's a crack so there's in the a mirror. theme with this particular person who has this. Uh, they like to sale. look at themselves? <laughs> yes. I think I know like three or four people who this, whose house this could be. <laughs> <laughs> so, a couple of them worked at Line 6. Yeah. Uh, there we go. <laughs> so the question is, which one are you going to buy? Ooh, good question. Good question. Uh, Tony's going to lead us off. Then we'll check in with Ben, Eric, and then Jeff. So let me get this straight. You have a choice between a Firebird, right? With the one, with one, the by, one, one by one mirror, mirror ball, ball mirrors. squares, mirrors. Yeah. Square or mirrors. you can have the Iceman yeah. uh, with, is it the broken glass, broken mirror? It's it's a mirror and it's cracked. Bro, so. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Crack Paul mirror. Stanley style. Paul Stanley yeah. style. Okay. I think while the the mirror ball is kind of cool, I, I'll, I'll relate this to a, a, a Chris Isaac show I saw years ago. Mm. And for his encore, he came out in a mirror ball suit. suit. Yeah, it, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because then they flashed a light on him. Yeah, and it was like light was flying everywhere. Sounds um, like a Liberace type thing. Eh, you know, I guess you could you could you could probably say that. I think I'm going with the Iceman though, because that 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 cracked mirror on an Iceman Paul Stanley thing was just I mean that that was that was a very cool guitar for the day. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, a Firebird could look cool with a bunch of little square mirrors on it. The, the broken glass, the broken mirrored one yeah. on an ice man is just, that I was think, a, I think that's a pretty rad idea. I think that's, 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 that's what I'm going with. All right. Uh, Ben, how about yourself? 100% the firebird with the disco ball. There we go. Bonus points. If it's non-reverse and even more <laughs> bonus points, if it's has P nineties, I like that. Uh, wow. I like wow, this wow. How many P nineties? <laughs> one, two or three. Um, I, I think I would go any, but probably one is my first preference. Three go. is second and two is third. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right. That's <laughs> strong feelings. Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, wait, I, we'll I give you a minute. You can change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I mean, I, people should love the music they love, but kiss is not on my list. <laughs> uh, Eric, how about yourself? I'm, I'm going Iceman actually. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, cause it's, uh, I don't know. Cause it, it actually, the whole crack mirror thing seems appropriate. Although again, then when I ever I, I see Firebird, I always think, all right, that's it's got to be wood, mm. right? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I can, I get it. Uh, Jeff, um, I'm. I have big. both actually. No, no, no. I'm a pretty, pretty big Ace guy. Two of each. You know, as far as Kiss, you know what I mean. But it would be cool to have the cracked mirror Ibanez. You know, although 
you know, if on the cover of Kiss Alive, I think Paul Staley is playing a one pickup fire firebird no mirrors no broken mirror but you know he also did play the firebird as mm. well but oh, i definitely cool. go crack, cracked mirror all right cracked mirror. jared this is actually a tough one i don't know which one to choose i think we've had so many would you rathers with gibsons in it i think i'm gonna go with the ibanez this time too just because i don't know because it's an ibanez okay it's something different but uh as far as the mirrors go, I think you're more of a cracked mirror versus a mirror ball. Yeah, the, the little squares will fall out eventually. Anyway, <laughs> that's what you're worried about. It's a yard sale. Uh, you know that glue exists. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I don't know what to do. Poor Drew, man. Drew was on tour with uh, with White Snake, and he had in in the the yeah. lead guitar player had to he had Joel Hogstra. Yeah, Joel Hogstra. I got to hold yeah. that thing. Yeah, he had to. Well, poor Drew, he had to like. Yeah, replace they, those things Swarovski every time they crystals. Yeah, you had to replace them every time <laughs> they fell out. <laughs> that, oh yikes! Yeah. That guitar was ridiculous. It's like purple, right? It is, yeah. and and you Gorgeous. know, just, Jeff, I, did you ever did you encounter that guitar at all? I never got to see it in person, but Drew did show me many pictures. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I I I was like, wow! I get to hold and I, and I held it. And I was like, this neck is awful, <laughs> and it was like yeah. it was all gummed up and just. Just it, it, and he's like, that's the way he likes it. So. I know, and he just can like play oh, so fast oh, and fly over the front. Like insane, I know, insane. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna join our friend Ben here and go the uh, the Firebird route. Yeah, that's a good choice. Too. I, I I love the idea. I'm you know, Kiss, big part of my childhood and everything. Seen him many times, but. I like the idea of having that mirror ball in a in a big body like a, a firebird, like a substantial mm-hmm. you know piece of wood. I like that. If you played yeah. that, you know, at a club or something, and everybody shone their light on that, it'd be crazy. Or even if they didn't, it would be like, okay, we well, yeah. yeah, put the thing away. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, that was a fun one. Thank you to whoever submitted that one. And uh, we need to thank a few people, and then we're going to see our our uh, good friends Ben, Eric, and Jeff off. Okay, yes, Tony Balonsky. Yes, you are correct. There is a very special group of people that we'd like to thank at this point of the show. Uh, these would be our executive producers. That's right. Now, someone out there is probably wondering, well, what is this executive producer, and how do I become one? Very simple. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple of different levels in which you can participate. Become a patron, a sponsor of this podcast. Yep. Maybe even a grand poobah. Maybe, uh, you're jumping the gun there, my friend. No, you're jumping really. the gun. Okay. So each level comes with its own special bevy of thank you gifts that we have. Things like barefoot buttons, t-shirts, stickers, picks. All the good stuff, but as an executive producer, you get all the good stuff. And one more thing, Jared, what is that? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. That's what I'm doing right now. So special thanks to these executive producers, Mr. Tom Brazen, Martin Cliff, John Daly, Chris Kearney, Darren Gregory, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zandt, Ken Sayers, Brian Robison, Michael Senchuk, Stefan Lamb, Johnny Knowles, 
Anthony Lathrop, John Anglin, Tyler Bray, Brad Partridge, Chris Heidel, John Esterley, Doug Gann, Justin Jones, Brett Alexander, James White, Matt Hart, Bill Gola Guitars, Richard Kendall, Ty Garman, John Williams, John Jackson, Jason Rausch, David Rando, Douglas King, Gary Cooper, Rob Saxby, Mark Garton, Elad Mazrahi, and Mike D. All right. But wait. Yes. Don't interrupt me. I'm not. We have a special group of executive producers that live in the penthouse suite just above. Mm-hmm. These are our grand poobas. And one of the great things that they get is a special fez to wear. Mm-hmm. So special, special thanks to these grand poobas. Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, David Kaminga, Science of Sound, Cody Foster, Sean S. Yes. Tommy Manasco, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Tim Nowak, Tyler Rines, James Pennington, and new this week. Yes. LSJ Music Company. All right. Thank you. Very Thank excited you, about all that. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for supporting this show. Yes, sir. Uh, it means a great deal to us. Uh, gentlemen from Line 6, Ben and Eric, um, where can people find your things? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's kind of everywhere, but go ahead. <laughs> Run with it. Uh, line6.com. There it is. Or if they want to play it, you know, you know, your local store, Emporium, or your uncle's house, or... Yeah. <laughs> all the things and uh and do you have any you i know you guys are talking about your bands do you have any uh band things you want people to go hear sure um uh my band played a show on march 6 right before everything went to lockdown that was our record release show the band is called tiny peloton <laughs> uh, which is a cycling term but now that the bike the exercise bike has taken over i feel like it's kind of get ruined but tiny peloton.bandcamp.com uh and you can hear it and of course everything on it is helix so if you love it awesome and if you don't you can you know blame the digital <laughs> <laughs> there you go excellent uh jeff how about yourself uh, yeah, I think everybody know you know Smashing Pumpkins and Night Dreamers, whatever. It's all out there, out there for out there in the world. So it is, yeah, indeed. And uh, you know, I think you've got a great Instagram too, where you're always talking about your new projects, and um, yeah, that's where you can get a hold of some of these articles. You're very active in the community. Yeah, actually, have, and then I do pretty soon. Um, I don't. I I actually rec- I'm been recording some solo material so i have a song coming out that is um probably in june so that that's slated for a release in june so the first off off of that so that's kind of coming up you know and and most of that other than one little part um is was it it was all used i use nothing but helix so you can if you don't like it you can blame the digital (laughs) and then um digital any uh (laughs) any dates you can share for the new pumpkin stuff uh no idea i mean we'll be working on it i mean it's a it's a very ambitious project can be 33 songs so um yeah it's gonna be I mean, every up. project with you guys is an ambitious project. I know. The <laughs> last one was, was 20, Jeez. so Billy was like, I want to do Double 33. Album. I know. This couldn't, is you have, couldn't you have gone a little further and do 33 yeah. and a third? Try a little harder, <laughs> will you? 
I know. So it's like, <laughs> so it's going to take the rest of the year. We have, you know, and, and we have in theory, we, there, you know, there were some festival dates that um, yeah. we were scheduled to play last year and every day um, it looks like maybe we'll play them this year. They're in September. So, you know, we'll see. We're just wait, but we'd love Crossing to. fingers. Yeah. 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 We've actually had conversations about like, okay, we need to block off this time to rehearse and whatnot, whether or not we actually do, you know, that's something, but we're, we, you know, we're, we're, we'll be ready to rock if, if we can. So mm-hmm. that would be exciting. That would be fun. Heck yeah. Uh, Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> where can people find you? Let's say you need a special pick guard, a replacement. You're changing pickups. You need a new color. You need to put something over your mirror ball thing that you seems to be co- losing all the squares. That, cover that that's, damn mirror ball. You're cutting your fingers on it. That's true. Uh, head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things I have available for purchase, but uh, a lot of what I do is custom work, so shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. I will take good care of you. Excellent. Jared? If you need pickups, new pickups, New pickups that look old to match your old guitar, whatever. Uh, get a hold of me. I specialize in the wide range, noises, jazz masters, um, humbuckers, PAF stuff, all that kind of good stuff. So, brandonwallpickups.com. And I would like to voice for the P90. Right, P90. Okay. Yep. I do those too. I love those. Those yeah. are in my stuff too. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Todd at theguitarnobs.com, and or DM me on Instagram at Guitar Knobs. I'd love to hear what you have to say, uh, especially about this episode. And um, we'll share it out with the rest of the guys. A humongoid thank you to Line 6 and Ben Adrian and Eric Klein for sharing this time with us. Thank you guys so very much for doing that. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. Absolutely. And to our very good friend, Jeff Schroeder, um, for making appearance. <laughs> five, I, mean. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. Been on the most. Yeah. Uh, so guys, thank you again. Everyone else out there. Have a great guitar weekend. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah. Whiskey and eggs, <laughs> yeah totally. Good friend, Jeff. Jeff who? Yeah. How <laughs> many, is, is this my f- Fourth or fifth time? I don't know. We, we get, you got a gold jacket last yeah. time. Now we're going to have to upgrade you to I the think, green one. Uh, burgundy velvet. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's a bunch of shenanigans over here trying to make something seem professional. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.